Yo, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the Jmart Cast for Monday, December 6th. What's going on? How are ya? Friends and family, thank you very much for joining me on another episode of the Jmart Cast. I really appreciate you coming back every time. It's good to have people listening and know that I'm not just crazy talking to myself. Hope you've had a good week. I've had an amazing week, my first full week with my baby daughter. She's right here in my arms as we speak, recording on a Sunday afternoon. I actually just came back from jujitsu. I was uh, allowed, I guess you could say, to go to jujitsu for the San- Sunday afternoon roll while my wife stayed home and watched Baby Daughter Rose. And I had an awesome afternoon going to jujitsu. No class today, just kind of like a free roll day. And uh, get to go see people that you don't get to see very often during class and try uh, rolling with new people with different styles. So it's really good to kind of show you if you have any any kind of, uh, you know, black holes, I guess, in your kind of game. Uh, if there's something that you really, something very foundational that you don't know and someone can take advantage of that, it would it'd be exposed very quickly in kind of a big setting like that with lots of people. So... Anyway, I had a lot of fun, found like somebody who was a really good match to grapple with, who was about the same size as me, slightly bigger, and uh, same skill level. He was a white belt too, but he had some stripes on his belt, so been doing it, he said, for slightly over a year. And it was awesome to roll with this guy, and we actually ended up going back and forth for like three or four uh, rounds, five minutes each. It's like the way it's set up is you do five-minute roll, you take one-minute break, and then you, if you want to, you can stay with the same partner or find a new partner. And then after the one-minute break, you do another five-minute roll and continue like that uh, as long as you want to. And so with this guy, because it was like a really good match, and today's Sunday roll class was not as full as it usually is. So we ended up kind of just sticking together for a few extra rolls because uh, it was it was really good. The dude was awesome. He was, uh, you could tell, like more skilled than me. But because of kind of like my wrestling background, I was able to keep up with him. And I could tell when he was trying to do certain things and counter that. And he was uh, really good at kind of letting me try my own variation of like attacks like i would try to go for some arm bars and uh, kimuras and such in fact i actually got him in a kimura submission which is kind of like when you bend the arm behind a person's back like a chicken wing and you push the arm up and you know if they don't tap out like it would really hurt the shoulder basically <laughs> so i got him once like that and I, in a, one other submission too i can't remember anymore but he also got me at the very end as well so it was a really perfect match had a lot of fun doing that. I haven't been able to go to classes themselves and like, you know, be learning because of just obviously being busy at home with baby Rose. You have something to say, baby? You want to say something? <laughs> I wonder if that got picked up. Uh, that's funny. So then, um, but still been a little bit active at home. You know, I don't just, I never just sit around and not do anything. I always do like little stretches, little exercises here and there, but no real kind of real training and so it's good good to get to the gym good to get to you know and get to see other people and compete with them and go pretty close to full powerful effort and it's just a lot of fun it's something i i crave and so happy to have the opportunity to to go to that so close to where i live and just uh you know find people who want to do the same thing as that it's just like 
let's just get on these mats and grapple and try to strangle each other and see how we can kill each other and tap when we're close and start all over again. It's the best. If you guys don't do jiu-jitsu, I highly recommend it. It's like the best martial art there is, in my opinion. I started off doing wrestling, and wrestling is a great martial art as well. But jiu-jitsu just takes it to another level where, you know, I you you grapple in all different positions in, as opposed to wrestling where, you know, it's it's a little different where you're trying to constantly be on top and you never experience what it's like to be in the bottom position. Uh, Jiu-jitsu is completely different where you can have attacks from the top, attacks from the bottom, uh, constantly rolling back and forth from a, a defensive to an attacking position and uh, trying to sweep each other trying to you know attack each other's limbs and and necks and it's it's completely different and i love it like i yeah i just see myself doing this for the rest of my life it's so addictive it's like people when people describe it they say it's like a 3d chess of of like your body and i i totally see that you know you're just all you know, always in these positions you know and there's certain familiar positions that you become accustomed to and you kind of always try to get to those places from you know advance from one position to the next uh you know you end up oftentimes you end up in the same uh, places that because they're just effective and you you're likely to gain advantage in them so you go for those same positions so i'm starting to get, become familiar with that and understand that i need where i need to go from where i am and uh now it's just a matter of finding different paths from uh you know to to take me there there's there's some that are gonna work and be successful and then some that are that are not gonna so it's a matter of trial and error to figure out how how it all you know how it all works but there's so much to oh oh and just as i'm talking about that baby daughter rose just pukes on me right into my arm that's holding her up that's cool we're just gonna take a little pause here and come right back after the cleanup and we're back with the magic of the recording it was instantaneous even though that wasn't instantaneous for us. We cleaned up pretty quickly, but then right after she had what sounded like a big poop, so I went and checked and changed her diaper. So we're nice and clean now and back for real. Anyways, what were we going on about doing my jujitsu roll today? Then uh, how else was the week? The week's been amazing, just spending time with Rose and getting to know her. I mean... I'm just, I'm bonding a lot with her. And of course, like really like falling in love with my baby daughter in terms of getting to know her. There's like not that much to know yet because, you know, she's a newborn and the things that, you know, a newborn does are pretty standard. They they sleep, they eat, they poop and not much else <laughs> goes on for the first few days and first few weeks. So it's just a matter of kind of getting through that. And, you know, first time around, it's much more of a shock to kind of get this, you know, helpless baby given to you who then, you know, all they do is, like I said, eat, sleep and poop. And you're expecting this great interaction that you've been fantasizing about this whole time leading up to it. And it's not quite happening yet because, you know, it takes time, right? Like it's happening with my son now where we have these amazing interactions, but it took a while to build up to that. So as you first get this, you know, new baby, you're a little bit, at least for me, the first time was like the first little few weeks as I was getting used to it. Uh, I, it, it was not as 
easy as it is now because I, I have that expectation. I know that, you know, all I have to do is just be there for like support and comfort to make sure she's able to do all the things like eat, sleep and poop. And so, <laughs> you know, it just, it feels like a weight off my shoulders because it's, you know, I know what to expect and I can take my time with it and enjoy every second of it and not have this expectation of something happening that's never going to happen. And so, yeah, this this time around, the second time around with Rose has been much easier. She's also been just an easier baby in general because, um, you know, she's able to eat and nurse really well. And, and that just, you know, has such a huge impact, right? She's able to nurse well, which means she's full, which if, and if she's full, she's happy. And if she's happy, she's not crying all the time. And if she's not crying all the time, mommy and daddy are, are happy too, and less anxious and less nervous about things and less worried and yeah, able to sleep well. I've been sleeping fine. And luckily so far, like my wife has been doing the nighttime feeds. We're sticking to the uh, breastfeeding for now. And that means that she does the feeds at nighttime and I sleep through the night, which is pretty nice for now. But, you know, as we slowly transition to breast and bottle feeding, I'm going to be contributing at the nighttime feeds too. So I'm just taking my, you know, nighttime sleep as it's given and enjoying every second of it because I know at any moment it could be taken away. But she's been great. Like she feeds really well and then can be active for a few minutes and goes to sleep almost immediately. And then she's been slowly extending the times that she's able to sleep through the night from like every two hours to now up to three to three and a half, sometimes four hours. So that's, you know, slowly improving. She's just a great baby and beautiful. <laughs> she's sneezing. <laughs> Bless you, my baby. And then, like, my other kid, Brandon, has been an amazing big brother. Like, he is just been really good at accepting a new baby sister into our lives. Like, he's not been acting jealous whatsoever. He has really good interactions with his baby sister, comes and gives her kisses. Uh, like, uh, when she's crying, she he comes by and says, it's okay, baby Rose, it's okay. Like, he's, like, really concerned for her and wants her to do well. It's amazing. He's just, like reach this new level of development that like just blows my mind. You know, every time they reach a new milestone, it's just an amazing feeling. And yeah, he's just able to string thoughts and sentences together that are on a new level of cognition than what it was before. And I'm just very proud of the fact that, you know, he's obviously reached that and it's amazing to communicate with him like that. And it's so funny in many ways. Like his new thing is when you ask him like a yes or no question, he goes, um, sure. <laughs> like he says um for a, an extended period of time as if like he's actually considering what you're gonna say and you know he might say yes or no but he goes um sure bennett you want some food um sure bennett you want to use your potty um no <laughs> and then he's just like able to you know think these like complex thoughts now like where i was asking him to not eat food by the couch because you know he can make a mess and stuff and then he was like but mommy just did it like calling me out on my bs <laughs> i was like wow okay kid you're not gonna let anything slide through here i better be on my toes let's see what else happened this week 
Oh yeah, I, since having baby Rose join us, we've been watching a lot of TV just because like, you know, not much else to do. You're just kind of stuck at home. It's winter time. So I've been doing a lot of watching of Netflix and this new show that we finished watching, or I finished watching actually because my wife didn't watch it with me, was Cowboy Bebop. It's really good. It's a friggin' uh, a live action version of like an animated show of, by the same name, which I had like heard about through like somebody randomly told me about it actually while I was traveling. I think we were in Thailand and this dude who we met at Koh Chang, who was very nice to hang out with, super cool guy, was just telling me, we, we were talking about jazz music actually, and he was telling me about this show, Cowboy Bebop. And how there's like awesome jazz music in that show as like part of the, you know, part of the show. And so after, you know, I got home, I ended up checking it out. I checked out the music first and I really loved it. So like the bebop from Cowboy Bebop, that's the style of um, jazz music that like got popularized, I think, and I want to say it from the 60s. And the kind of the main people who drove that style of jazz music were Charlie Parker, who was a saxophonist, and who was the other guy? Dizzy Gillespie. He was a trumpeter. And then later on, there was like Miles Davis too. But those guys kind of drove the bebop style. And actually, that that reminds me, if you guys uh, got the Spotify that like uh, statistics for like what kind of music you've been listening to throughout the past year, uh, bebop. A genre was actually in my top five genres that I listened to uh, in 2021. I don't know if anybody else got bebop, but that that was it for me. But anyway, so because of my love for bebop music, I checked out this animated show, Cowboy Bebop, and it was pretty good. And then now the, the live action of that show just came out recently, and uh, I just watched it. Uh, watched the whole first season. It was it was really good. I, I liked it. Uh, I would say I liked it more than. Uh, what is the recent one that everybody loved? Uh, Squid Game. I liked it more than Squid Game. <laughs> and the theme song is awesome, actually. The theme song for that uh, show is is dope. It's uh, classic bebop music. Actually, maybe I can play like a short clip of it. Yeah, let me see here. I think I have it right here. What'd you think? It's pretty dope, right? But yeah, it's a good show. It helped a couple of times to put Rose asleep. So definitely <laughs> an awesome show in my books just for that. Um, it's kind of like future based because they're like in the space and like traveling from planet to planet, but somehow jazz music's in it. <laughs> Anyways, I think you should check it out. Speaking of Netflix, one of the things I love watching most on Netflix is actually stand up comedy. Do you guys like stand-up comedy at all? Is that something you guys get into? 
I like, I'm so like in love with that form of uh, comedy, that art form in general. I have like stand up comedians are my favorite. Um, and whenever there's a new like stand up special coming out on Netflix, I'm always like one to always check it out first as soon as it comes out. And I saw an advertisement for a new one coming out. It said on, on December 25th for Christmas. I was like, dope, a Christmas stand up special. I'm, I'm so excited. That'd be awesome. But then the ad for it, I won't even say the name of the artist, by the way, but the ad for it was just like the joke that he had was so bad, like so pedestrian, just mediocre that I was like, oh, this is garbage. I'm, I'm not even going to watch this. Uh, I'm just going to sh- share with you the, the, the video. And then I also want to like show you like a little clip from like an actual comedian, comedian who, who like <laughs> would tell like uh, jokes like that were on the edge. And then you can, you know, choose for yourself, decide for yourself what's like real comedy and what's not. This is the first one from um, Jimmy, I'll say. I won't even say his, his his last name, but this comedian, you'll figure it out, I'm sure. This is his stand-up special uh, joke that he's advertising that I, I think is horrendous that will make people not want to watch it. You decide for yourself. Well, let's talk about the controversial thing, the vaccine. Who's not going to take the vaccine because they think it might be dangerous? Raise your hands. Now take that hand and slap yourself in the fucking face. What do you think? Is that a funny joke? Take that hand and slap yourself in the face for not wanting to take a an experimental vaccine. Well, I don't know. Some people think that it's not experimental and it's like, whatever, it's fine to take, which whatever, that's your opinion. That's fine. Anyways, it's a, I thought it was just a bad joke. You know, to me, jokes are meant to be like something that are on the edge of what you're allowed to say, what you should say, what you shouldn't say. You know, it's like this, this you're not making any point. You're not making any point. You're just a mouthpiece for the propaganda for, for the for the government. Like you're just a propaganda mouthpiece for the government is what I'm trying to say. That's not real comedy. Real comedy is when. <laughs> Like a comedian goes against the narrative, like makes a point, like points out the how stupid the narrative is. That's that's real comedy. Here you wanna you wanna hear something good? Let's let's listen to one of the greats, one of the greats, George Carlin, saying shit that is so applicable to how life is right now. Like take a listen. It's just one more way of reducing your liberty and reminding you that they can fuck with you anytime they want. As long as you put up with it. As long as you put up with it. Which means, of course, any time they want. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing. Does that sound familiar? Germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from in this country? Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu. And, and Americans, are they panic easily. So now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous, and it goes to ridiculous lengths. <laughs> Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. <laughs> so, so listen. 
So listen, if you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs, what are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? <laughs> I'll tell you what you're going to do, you're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. <laughs> Oh, man, how good was George Carlin? How prescient was this man? He knew it all along, like decades ago, that this is where we're headed. Love that guy. Anyway, watch George Carlin. Do not watch Jimmy. Frickin' his and him and his shitty jokes on his comedy special coming out on Netflix. Don't watch that garbage. Go find good clips of George Carlin just ripping everyone apart for being ridiculous. Way better. Anyway... Let's see, what else did I watch this week? <laughs> a lot of shit watched. Uh, the Alpinist. Oh, man, that was a crazy documentary about this Canadian alpiner, like, m mountaineer, who, like, is probably the most amazing or was the most amazing climber of all time. But uh, it's crazy because in the making of the movie, the guy died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sorry ruin to ruin it for you. But yeah, it's about this guy named, a Canadian guy named Marc-Andre Leclerc, and he's from BC. And he does like these solo climbs with no rope. And he makes some amazing ascents that require like all sorts of different kinds of skills, like ice climbing, rock climbing, different gear. Sometimes he's on crampons. Sometimes he's wearing regular climbing shoes. Sometimes he's using ice picks. Other times he's using his bare hands. And it's kind of nuts what he's, this guy's capable of. He's just pushing the sport of mountain climbing to the next level. He pushed it to a level that it had not been before because of his ability to climb or not climb, but combine the different climbing styles and techniques that require like, you know, that allow you to climb different terrain. And by him putting all those different skills together, he was able to make some amazing ascents. And then unfortunately he has crazy way. He passed away actually, like uh, at the very end of the movie, like it seemed like they had gotten all the footage to finish the, um, to finish the documentary, to do the thing that like the documentary like kind of highlights. And then afterwards he had some sort of a opportunity to go climbing with a friend in Alaska and they climbed some um, uh, peak and they even got to the top and were able to get cell signal at the top of this peak. So they actually sent pictures and videos to their friends and family from the peak of the mountain. And then they never made it back down. And when they, um, their friends and family like did search and rescue they found a rope that like probably belonged to them that had been buried in an avalanche so just on their way down they must have gotten buried in an avalanche that's the saddest way to go after like having like this amazing climb that they document for the documentary then yeah that's what happened yeah again spoiler alert sorry for ruining that one but that was an amazing documentary to check out if you're into climbing at all yeah, I would I would highly recommend that. Let's see what else happened this week. Oh yeah, just one story that I was I've uh speaking of my kid again, I've been saying like how he's just like reached this new level of development where he's a lot smarter and like able to come up with more complex thoughts. One of these complex thoughts he's come up with is he's re figured out reverse psychology and he's using it on me. So like when he wants something, he is now saying we can't have that thing 
as a way of prompting me to be like, oh, no, it's okay. You can have it. So like, let's, for example, say he wants cookies, right? He, he always, the kid always wants cookies. So he'll come up straight to me and point at the cookies and he'll say, we can't have any cookies. No, we can't have any cookies. <laughs> and I caught myself the first time being like, no, it's okay. You can have it. And I was like, oh, crap. Wow. He's, he's trained me, man. This kid's so smart. So smart. All right. Let's move on to our Bitcoin update of the week. Oh my goodness. OMG. We are trading at $48,857 for one Bitcoin, which sets it at $1 buys you over 2000 2046 US dollars to be exact. Remember, uh, Jesus Christ, I mess this up every time. One US dollar buys you 2,045 Satoshis or Sats. Remember, one Bitcoin can be broken down into 100 million Satoshis. So one US dollar can still buy you thousands of Satoshis. So start stacking your Sats ASAP while the Bitcoin is dipping right now. Buy the fucking dip. Get in there. Get your hands dirty. Get a little bit of Bitcoin and find out what it's all about get some um exposure if you're not if you don't have any your your short bitcoin which is like that bad idea <laughs> bad idea but anyway we're we're down about about 10 grand from a week ago okay and about another 20 grand down from the all-time high so this is a pretty good substantial uh sale here so i would highly recommend to buy the dip but like i always say what's beautiful about Bitcoin is not that the price is going to go up. It's the fact that it's a way to fight financial repression. I wanted to talk about this, touch on this a little bit this week. What is financial repression? It's a, maybe a loaded term. Maybe you've never heard of it before. I'm sure you have in some sense, but maybe you don't have quite a good understanding of as to what someone might be talking about. But like, let's, let's think about this. Let's talk about this. Let's say you, we have a bunch of different dollar denominations, right? We've got the loonie, of course. We've got a toonie. We've got $5 bills, $10, $20 bills, $50, $100. Um, is there one above $100? i am not sure. I don't think so. Okay, so we've got all those dollar bills. Let's say one day the government of Canada all of a sudden says to everybody, by the way, everybody, whatever money you've got, if it's cash, anything above the $20 bill, all the 50s and all the 100s, those are no longer accepted. Those are completely valueless now. Would that, would that be considered financial repression, you think? Would, would someone who had to go by those rules, who had no choice, would they be financially repressed, you would say? Would you say? Well, that's exactly what has happened many times over in different parts of the world. This has happened to my family while they lived in Soviet Armenia, and then which transitioned to the Republic of Armenia, right? This has happened in other parts of the world. All of a sudden, all the money you're saving could one day disappear on the whim of the government under which you're living. That's financial repression, right? Like, it shouldn't be like that. It should be that money is outside of the control of the politicians, of the people governing us. It should be its, its own thing. 
Or another example of this, I talked about this on on last week's podcast episode with uh, order, what is it, 6-1, what was it? I can't remember. Let me look this up. 6-102, executive order 6-102, right? When FDR signed the order to confiscate all the gold in the United States in 1933, people didn't want to go give up their gold, right? Like, they didn't want to do that, especially not if, like, after giving it up, the price of it went up, skyrocketed, right? Like, they would have liked to have kept that and seen themselves enjoy the increasing prices of gold. But no, they got financially repressed by the U.S. government, and all their savings in gold got taken away. So, yeah, that's why Bitcoin is special, because with Bitcoin, you can stop all that repression because you are in control of your money. And it's not going to be taken away from you. If custodied in a correct way, it can be like you can reduce your attack surface to such a small amount that it would it would not make sense for someone to uh, try to steal from you. It just would not be possible. Now, I'm sure hearing that you guys are like someone who doesn't know anything about Bitcoin would be like, well, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure it's still possible to hack Bitcoin. If you can hack anything, you can hack Bitcoin. Look, like you, we, you have to spend a long period of time studying the technical aspects of Bitcoin and how it functions and what are the ways that it could be attacked to be able to come to the conclusion for yourself that it is impossible. I, It's not possible for me to explain that through this podcast like be able to communicate all the technicals of how bitcoin functions and all all the different parts of it i've tried to you know include little parts here and there i've talked about proof of work i've talked about the fact that bitcoin has all the qualities of money such as uh, divisibility portability durability scarcity recognizability all those qualities are perfected in bitcoin i've talked about that and the fact that it's decentralized and nobody controls it nobody except for code no people in charge of anything you only have to trust the code and so far the code has been functioning perfectly for 12 straight years with unimaginable amounts of attacks onto it and it withstands and every time it get stronger and stronger and it's already the most powerful computer network in the world and it's only getting more powerful so you know spend some time read some books uh, listen to some podcasts to understand the technicals of how bitcoin functions in order to convince yourself whether it can be hacked or not but from all the research I've done, it's, I don't think that's going to be the case. So take that with a grain of salt. Just like take you should take with a grain of salt what I said before about how I thought that the price was going to keep pumping until December and then come back down like 80%. I don't think that's happening anymore, and I was completely wrong in making that prediction. But I'm much more convinced, convinced in the fact that Bitcoin is a great store of value. It's the best form of money humans have ever invented. I'm much more convinced in saying that than I am in saying or in making any price predictions in the near future. Anyways, with that, I will come to the end of the podcast for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for joining me for another one today. We'll see you back here for the next week's episode. Don't forget to always reach out. 
through Instagram, through Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. I'm at jmarkfit. And you can also email me through newsletter at jmarkfit.com. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good week. Remember to stay active and be grateful. Peace. Jmart out.